It is Monday the 11th of July 2016 and this is episode 287 of Digital Outbox. Welcome to another episode. I am Chris and joined by Ian. Hello, Ian. Evening, Chris. Not much happening in the news just now, is there? No, it's quite quiet day in the news, you know, like no, we've actually got a leader again. (laughs) This is the day that Theresa May was named as our Prime Minister in true democratic method. Yeah, so basically 180 people or something like that have decided. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yes, we have a new Prime Minister. And she is Theresa May. And we had been talking about her a bit later, I think. Yeah, um, this is also the week where I've spent a long time in an Oculus Rift over the weekends and my eyes are still a bit skew with. But it was good fun. I listened to a podcast, actually, just when you mentioned it. Maybe we should we keep that to the end. You can talk about okay. your Oculus. Yes, let's save it till the end. Let's remember that at the end. But let's get on with the news that we've got. Um, starting with the ongoing saga of Windows 10 upgrades and how intrusive they are. There is a new method that Microsoft have introduced. Instead of having this forced update, which cost them some money with a bungled update uh, a few weeks back, they've now gone to a new method, which is a large on-screen, in fact, full-screen on-screen prompt saying, um, basically, you've only got a little bit of time left. Are you sure you don't want to upgrade? Please upgrade. How many times do you want me to remind you about upgrading between now and when the upgrade finishes? Um, and basically, it's really difficult to get rid of, rid of as a user. So again, it's you know Microsoft are really pushing this, and it seems it's in the tech news that people are resisting it. I don't know how widely people are resisting it, but there you go. Um, their new method is out, and it's also <laughs> causing confusion. It also makes me chuckle that the support documents actually actually say if people have went into the registry and 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 turned all these things off, we will respect that. So it shows you how annoying people. Have or how annoyed people have got with this. And and sometimes it might be a corporate thing. You know, other times it might be a, you've got a very good reason why there's a bit of software that, that doesn't work well in 10. Or, or see if you've not, see if you've got it, just, just do it because it's 10's fine. Yeah, yeah, 10's good. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like, so I think there's a lot of people are, are a little bit, I don't know, there's almost like an undercurrent of oh, 10. It's like 10's great. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, people have legitimate reasons. I guess this is a company just saying, look, you're being silly but that people are going no i'm not i know my reasons i, I still anyway. find it weird that they've basically allowed you upgrade free for a year but then after the year it's going to cost you like you know 50 60 70 pounds that that feels still a bit odd yeah if you were that keen for everyone to do it just keep it free yeah but i don't know that that's not a really good business model though is it Yeah. Anyway, it, well, it depends. another. It depends how much you're investing in keeping all the old platforms going, and how much reputational damage you get from viruses, malware. You know, well, you mean, know, th- software to be honest, that's not secure. They are fully within their rights uh, to. To I mean, Windows Eight has fallen out of um, ongoing support very quickly because they realised it was a failure <laughs> and they don't want to support it. And exactly. Windows Ten is the replacement for it. Um, but if you're on Windows Seven. Uh, it's a long time back now that's released and you know again legitimately they've removed it from their ongoing support so you know that's that's your choice then if i can't see that they get reputational damage what they do get is you know herd immunity herd what do they call it herd immunity where you know 
by having everyone on the latest secure thing, they protect even older platforms. Whereas if you've got loads of these older platforms, they actually make everything a little bit less secure for everyone. And botnets are easy to do and things like that. So I guess they're thinking along those lines I'm as well. I'm adding that to my dictionary, herd immunity. Um, so Skype's also got this new level of uh, subscription. It's called um, Skype Meetings. Basically, it's for small business. And it is an intermediate step between um, sort of a pro business account and a, a normal Skype account. So this one allows you access to a number of people on sort of multi-call. So instead of just being one-on-one, you can have... Well, well, really, you've only got one-on-three calls. But for the first two months, they're allowing you to have 10 people on the call. It's utterly mad, this decision, as far as I can say. They're basically... So when you sign up, you have two months of allowing 10 people on a, an individual call and then that gets removed and reduced down to three. What's that? You know, and there's no button that says, oh, I want to keep it at 10. I still want to be on this meetings, but I want to keep it at 10. Your only option then is to either stick with the three or go up to pro. Yeah. Just weird. And it's like they're trying to compete with Hangouts and and even Hangouts, you can, I mean, I still think Google are a bit messed up because it, I mean, I.O. they had these two new products that seem to be semi-competing, but Hangouts is still there. And we use Hangouts. I mean, we use it all the time and yep. it works fine. It's always been pretty reliable. We seem to get the mess around with the chat interface from time to time, but that's small beer. You know, as a, as a communications platform, has been fine. And Skype, Again, the reputation of Skype's got that bit of whiff about it about oh Skype. You know, everybody can as soon as you say Skype, uh, yeah, a little groan. At the moment it's it's terrible. And and this just seems another misstep. You know, it's 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 like what why? What are you doing? You know, it's just if you're gonna compete, compete. Don't compete for a couple of months and then say, yeah, Well it's, weird. it's a weird so it's weird marketing, you know, either say so you can have two months free. I don't know. I don't know what they what they do, but this is this seems this seems wrong. And I can understand that the whole hook for them is a bit like you know, so Hangouts is integrated, and you can do things with shared documents and stuff as well. And obviously, they're saying Skype for business. You know, Office three six five. It's on the cloud. You can collaborate. It's fantastic. But it just seems really neutered. You know, even if I don't know. I I don't know any business model which says here's a subscription package with a you know where we in haunts you for two months with this weird sort of add-on bit that then we take away and we cannot give it back to you we can't just you know you can't just pay an extra one pound and have it back again yeah so it's not you know what what they should do is say no, right agreed because apple apple to, music uh, launched and apple music was what free for 90 days and it was uh you want it pay it yeah and, if and you, that, and if you that seems it, like the normal you don't get it yeah not as you're saying with this you know if you want this level that you had as a trial you can't you need to pay for this really super one mm. Okay. Anyway, that's what they've decided. I'm sure, they've got their reasons. Um, reports show, shockingly, that the UK police improperly accessed uh, data on, uh, data on citizens thousands and thousands of times. So this is a Big Brother watch who um, spend their time working out where people are misusing data that is collected. So all this data that gets collected and uh, and you know we've been arguing on this podcast needs proper judicial overview for access. Um, and the police of well, police and the Home Secretary um, Theresa May have always said no. It's police will use this respectfully and and properly. Well, it turns out they don't. They're humans after all. And in the period of 2002 2015, 2011 to 2015, they, I think they've they've kind of logged 1,600 sort of inappropriate actions, whether that be 
um, looking in uh, uh, databases to amuse themselves or curiosity or financial gain and 800 where they've actually leaked information outside of the police channels based on the information in these uh, that's collected so some pretty serious things there ranging from you know stupid things like looking up uh, driving licenses of people who have funny names um, to there were, there's one case of someone who looks like he was using it to sort of stalk women and things so it's again pretty pretty ugly and again just brings into question that yes we should trust our police force but no they're human so they they also need checks measures and controls agreed and i mean part of me always worries because we do we do tend to pick on these kind of stories from time to time and it's like are we are we just you know are we chasing after something that's not really there is it back to the paranoia but i think it's right there's the whole who places the policeman um, it's kind of clear with these numbers that there's a significant number that do abuse the position they're in. And that was always my biggest worry about the this kind of, let's go and amalgamate as much data, the whole snoopers chatter. You don't know who's going to use it. You don't know how it'll be abused. You know, for all you know, you've got a policeman as a neighbour and all of a sudden, you know, you don't know what's happening to you because he's decided that I can get access to this or whatever. Sure. Um, and I just, I, I don't know. And the bit that doesn't, the bit that really kind of stinks for me, and it's, it's happened up in, up in Scotland a couple of times now, um, you know, police officers and the press have been abusing their position around data and then they resign and there's no charge. And it's like, how yeah. how does that work? You've still done, you've still done the crime. You know, to me, this should still be a punishment. And for, for the majority of these cases, they say 55% of these cases, there was no disciplinary or formal disciplinary action taken. So it's also not necessarily seen within the force as being something that's um, particularly, well, you know, 45% of the times, I guess, something did happen. We've got, yeah, totally in cars on the same. You've got to accept that this is from a source which is specifically is looking to uh, to bring out the negatives. And, and who knows where else, you know, it's not even who knows. This will have been used for great good, I'm sure, as well. You could probably say this has saved this many, uh, you know, crimes being committed or whatever, however you want no, to do I, it, or you've caught this many people I, for fraud. I, I totally agree because, see, when we have covered something like this, especially when it was all super chatter and terrorists, and then something like the Paris attacks happen, and you're like, and there's where you want intelligence. There's where you yeah. want that information to go and act upon it. But it seems time and again, and again, we'll, we'll never know. It's you trust your government. Right now, it's a no. You know, I, 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 it doesn't matter who's in power. Labour Tory, I just don't, there's, there's just a lack of trust. And and Theresa May, who is now our new Prime Minister, was obviously in charge of all this and was strongly for the Snoopers Charter. Um, and now and now she is leading our country. So it's, it's, it's likely that we're going to see, you know, these things pushed through even more with extra data added to these piles of data that are available. Uh, and I think, again, all we've been arguing for along the way is, is that judicial process or due process, something to regulate this, um, not just leave it up to individual conscience, which, uh, you know, as has been proven and as is known, it's just we're humans after all and, and humans are curious and they abuse power and they, you know, they, all those failings that we know exist. Absolutely. Twitter launched the first live stream of its sports broadcast and they used Wimbledon to do that. So was that over the finals? I didn't actually tune in. So it I, was, I guess it was probably... It, I can't remember if it was if it was like last 16 or quarters. So it wasn't mm. It wasn't like the final match. And it was a, one of these things that was kind of unannounced. And, but what they did was really good. Um, and, and I guess... So this was having so this was having a stream of the actual um, match going on and next to it had a bit like Twitch or whatever. It had the sort of tweets... That were appearing with a hashtag, um, and you could sort of watch along and live. You could pause it, but you couldn't rewind it. Yep, 
and you could click on different hashtags and see who you're following and see who more information about it. Um, and it's and as you say, Twitch is a great example. Why why they haven't done something like this before? Why why they've kind of let others almost like steal almost like that idea and that that probably that that kind of not a market share, but you know what I mean. There's there's an opportunity there. Well, most of it's because of media relationships and trying to get like Wimbledon broadcast on Twitter. They have to pay loads and loads of money, and then it's like, how do I make my money back from that? Yeah, so I mean, they made their big play. I think it was a tail end of last year, early this year, when they bought some NFL games. Yes. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I guess that's a kind of warm up for it because Wimbledon's a big event. Mm. You know, it gets yeah, lots massive. of attention around the world. So it's not just a an NFL is much the same, although it's probably more American focus. It still gets lots of that'll get lots of views. Um, so yeah, be interesting to see what you do. It's kind of it's like that having that second screen, but on the same screen as it were. So that yeah. that's kind of a bit more comfortable because there was always that distraction. Well, I think there still is. We we sound like a Twitch broadcast. I'll never have the the chat up. No. I'll get rid of it because no. I don't like it. Um, but uh, it seems to me, you know, it's just one of those things. Where it seems like the younger generation like it, or the new. Yeah, and I, I think back to so live events. <clears throat> I quite like it, you know. So like sports, I think it works well. Um, you see people's reactions to things, or when something's happened, and you know, like last night was a was a, a terrible game of football. So hopefully you didn't watch it. I not yeah. one bit. But, minute. but the the funniest bit was when Ronaldo got injured and and a moth kind of went his touched his mouth there was a big moth invasion last night and in, and in, in, in the pitch and um so people straight away were saying who's registered ronaldo's moth and sure enough after three minutes there was 20 people had registered ronaldo's moth <laughs> so all that was happening it was more entertaining in the game um and, and i get that's the opportunity that it's it's that that engagement that they, they try and do with hashtags but as you say it's a second screen this is a chance to have it all in one yeah so you don't get too distracted at least you're looking from left to right rather than up and down constantly yeah okay um dgi uh, they added a geofencing feature to their drones to stop them flying around uh, important areas like airports or around sporting uh, arenas um but they have now given a way that people can turn that off um or opt out of it um they're saying to allow um people who have legitimate right to be able to use a drone so you know maybe a stadium who wants to inspect their their kind of roof or whatever or um you know someone who has a right to put a drone somewhere um but people are calling it a little bit irresponsible allowing users to make that decision and they're saying the regulator should really be making that decision but they are saying that they're doing it in a um auditable way so you have to have signed up with a credit card or you need to at least have a phone number associated that's proven to be able to override and your activity that that goes outside of what is allowed will be recorded yes um, and, and it must admit, when I first read it, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be, this is going to be the straw that breaks," you know, because the the whole point was, I can't fly near Glasgow Airport, or I can't fly near, you know, a nuclear site, I can't fly near a concert, I can't fly near a sports stadium, and or I, if someone, if there's a, you know, an important dignitary, yeah, you can't fly around yeah, them. Absolutely. Well, yeah. And and the, and I just thought this is this is going to go this is going to go nuts because the Daily just, Mail's going to love this. Yeah, because I'll just turn it off and I'll be like. And, and and DJI's point is that they're actually finding a lot of the places where um, it's been disabled because they've had these fixed zones are where you want to actually fly it from an operator's point of view. You know, so 
Um, you know, this, yeah, they're this, popular this, because they've got one of the best products, and therefore but this, people will want to be using their yeah, products the, legitimately. Yeah, yeah, so so airports are starting to use them. You know, for inspection purposes, to go and you know mm. clear away birds and all sorts of other reasons. Stadiums are using them for inspection purposes as well. You know, even just taking aerial shots and. It's a whole other good reasons why it makes sense. So what they're saying is this lets them easily do it. It's all audited. Um, it shouldn't it shouldn't introduce any more dangers. And if something does does something stupid, then they've done something stupid and it's and it's captured. The other thing they've brought in is is what's called temporary flight restrictions. Um, so what they can do is you mentioned dignity. So what they can do is switch on and off. You know, like so Glasgow, you are switched off today because David Cameron's here or the Queen's here, and you just can't fly a drone. It doesn't seem, though, beyond the technology that they've already got there to not leave it in the hands of someone making that request, but for someone to have to make a formal request that is then beamed to their device um, or they can log in with a particular account and and do it the other way around. This way is, you know, there could be an issue that's happened already that they then have to deal with, whereas if you've got sign-off and authorization. And it shouldn't, if you are the operator at an airport, it shouldn't be too complicated to request that authorization. And But then again, then it's who does, who gives that authorization? Is it the, is it the authority? Who gives mm-hmm. it? And then are they liable? You know, so if you've given yeah, me authority yeah, yeah. and then I do something stupid, is that my fault or your fault? Yeah, so. And, and, I, and I think it's scale as well. So if drones do, you know, and I, I don't think you're going to end up with like everybody having a drone. It's not going to be like a smartphone. It's a, it's a, I always think it's a I niche. think they've already I think how can I probably play a plateau there's, there's a niche there's a niche market I think with the backlash that we're starting to see there definitely will be because there'll be people who just disagree with them full stop yeah absolutely but there's a niche market um, and I, I think it's one of those that unless it became a lot cheaper and more reliable for a home user to do you know that, I think there's, for a lot of people they'll still say ooh I'm not going to spend 1200 quid you know, or even like 800 quid, you know, it needs to be a couple hundred pounds and I'll be happy, to, you know, if I lose it, I lose it. There's a mm-hmm. certain certain level where I think it's like, that's, this doesn't make sense. Um, and there's a bit of novelty factor about them as well still. Uh, yeah, uh, they, they could, I mean, like, like I think we said before, I can see them going two ways. There was that initial excitement, then there was the initial, you know, growth of the usage but there has been that backlash, and it's whether that contains that initial thing, or whether we end up all having a personal drone. Maybe you know that's it could go the other way, couldn't it? Everyone could have a personal drone. I doubt it, but who knows? I think the, the latest Phantom from DJI and DJI. But the other thing they pointed out was they're not the only maker, and um, they're the ones that have, I guess, done the most to try and put in these locks and controls. Whereas I can go and buy another, you know, another makes that's good yeah. nothing, just lets me fly yes, anywhere, yeah. or I yeah. could build my own and I can fly it anywhere. So they're probably doing more than anybody to try and legitimise it. And obviously they're, they're doing really well. Yeah, they are. Snapchat. We've got a new memories feature. So it'll have some pictures and stuff that you can store forever. So you can you can store a snap into your memories and you can have my eyes only section so it can be part you know it can be a passcode protected image but anyway you can have this extra feature so i thought one of the good things about snapchat was it disappeared wasn't that one of its selling points is that the one that, that's supposed to be temporary and never stays around um but anyway yeah. you've now got memories feature and we all we always used to joke <laughs> that'll be in somebody's server somewhere but it's on your own now it's on your own now it's, <laughs> it's, on, it's your on your own phone. phone um so there you go whether that's going to cause anyone Do problems who knows uh, it's the most. Uh, have I got a Snapchat? Maybe I have got a Snapchat. Maybe, the, I can't remember. The front end. No, or was it WhatsApp? The, I can't remember what I've got. The front front end is is clearly 
define for if you don't understand it, you're old, <laughs> and if you do get it, then then you're with the kids because um, I don't get it. No, I haven't got a Snapchat. I've only got a WhatsApp. Ah, bless. I know. <laughs> I'm so old. You're still missing out. I definitely am. Uh, right, Internet of Things, Glasgow. Another Glasgow technology uh, first. I, I, I felt I had to add this in after a year of smart cities that this is yet another thing. Yep, so you are getting a city-wide, so 12 kilometres square across the city is turning into an Internet of Things. So this network will you know can potentially be added to with loads of stuff they're calling it laura one <laughs> lot of one a <laughs> lot of one lot of one uh, and this is apparently something that businesses will be able to con- contribute to as well um but yes could be um all sorts of things like tracking sensors for valuable objects it can have things like pollution sensors light meters all those kind of things can be added together and that data can all be um, sort of passed through this 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 Internet of Things. Yeah. So there's a, there's a number of companies plus um, the main universities in the city have all kind of partnered up. So it covers all the kind of campuses and the main kind of business and shopping areas. So it'll be interesting to see over the next... Who's going to make use of it, though? Do we know that? Uh, or is no, it... and they've not made that clear. So it'll be interesting to see. And it's things like, you know, instead of instead of me... And I, I talked about it, you know, with Shaq today, instead of me reporting the streetlights out, you know, yes, it will know. The streetlights out coming. Yeah, fixed. the streetlight will know that the streetlight is out and will tell someone. Yeah. You know, or, you know, the pollution's high here, so reroute yeah. traffic. You know, are we going to start to see some smart decisions getting made? And I think I, would t- I think we're still a bit away from that. Because I can imagine. But I guess the first point is having the network to see what you can then exactly. do with it. Yeah. You know, but I, I'm, I'm assuming as a driver, I'd be fairly hacked off if, if, if I was like told, no, this road sucks, pollution's too high. So, you know, will you will we start to, and then will it automatically go and tell Google Maps to reroute everybody? You know, will you start yeah, well, to that, see Yeah, well, that's where this could all be heading. But but for efficiency, it might be that actually by flowing people around a bit wider, then actually things get better for everyone because they're not stationary in their car and therefore pollution levels are kept lower. Absolutely. And and, and does it yeah. help? I mean, we've talked to, there's some cities that have got these, um, you know, every parking bay is smart. You know, so it routes you to a spark me rather than you trying to find it, it just says Yes. Here you go. This has been allocated to you now, here you go. And and when you think about it, it's like that's that would be great to do that. But yeah. the infrastructure costs of providing all that is always a bit of a a bit of a showstopper. So be... But having something like the Internet of Things is supposed to be incremental and therefore you can add to it and things like that become more within reach because you don't have to do the whole thing in one go you can do it in step by step and you can have you know regions that have these kind of things so yeah absolutely great and glasgow was chosen because of its sort of layout was quite grid grid based and therefore it's kind of valuable for um, you know america um in particular where they have grid layout much more than we do here yeah the main the main kind of city center area is is all pretty much a grid Um, and then as you start to come a little bit wider out it gets a little bit more urbany so that's so they get both they kill both birds with one stone and you've got a mixture of old buildings new buildings different tall yeah nothing quite as tall as america but no you know. nothing like that no It'll there's, do. There's, there's nothing particularly tall pokemon go oh it's doing well that's amazing so this is the augmented reality app which allows you to download this app onto your phone via so it's nintendo pokemon game and basically, uh, you they actually have Pokemon's 
sort of augmented into reality you have to go out and actually catch these things and it's caught people's attention it's launched in america australia and new zealand and it's already bigger than uh, tinder biggest sort of you know app in in where well, soon to be the biggest app in the world soon to have numbers as big as twitter so it's already catching up with that you know a, a social provider that's been around for that long um and basically it seems to be nailed it and and nintendo shares they, they their company's gone up by i think it was a couple of billion dollars in valuation overnight something like that nine billion dollars okay they get nine not even a couple nine billion dollar valuation but it was quite low before so if you were clever enough to buy at that low point which i wasn't and you did say it you were thinking about buying nintendo shares so uh, i yeah but you didn't no boo <laughs> <laughs> No, um, so with this one app, they have um, single-handedly sort of recovered a lot of the damage that was done. Um, the only thing that, uh, that I can see ruining this is that already in America, there's been several reported crimes where people have put out beacons for this um, yes. and then lured people into back alleys and um, knowing that they're going to have their smartphone on them and then there's been an armed robbery. So there's already some... You know, I don't know how they control that, and I don't know how they look no. after people in that. In that and, respect. And, and they're also saying just with the kind of attention in America right now, if you're black, don't play Pokemon because there's a good chance that a policeman will shoot you. Um, and that, it was said partly in jest, yeah. But but just the way things are over there, you're like, oh, that probably isn't just in jest at the moment. That is probably a. So if you are playing Pokemon, just stay safe. If you if you've got kids playing the Pokemon game, then you know is there still there are still things to be sorted out. In this this is in effect going out into the big wild world and you know saying I want to get get with people and people are not nice in the big wild no, world. No, absolutely. And, and there's there's great examples. I mean, it's not all negative. There's great examples of, of, people, of people. Otherwise, it wouldn't be that popular. No. People love it. People meet. They're up. spending, they're spending over forty minutes a day on this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the engagement. That's, level. that's proper retention. And this is, and this is why the shares have spiked so much. It's not just that they've had a hit product, um, and they've got loads of people and loads of buzz. It is the retention's massive. Um, I think I remember. I think I remember talking about this. It's a real game of Pac-Man you could play, and that was a, that was a while back now. So the technology was net was never up to it, and. Nintendo have sort of taken that concept and, and now the technology is up to it and everyone can see these what was that, things Google that are affecting Remember there was, was a, it? there was a Google game that was to get you outside. Um, Google AR game, will that find it? Ingress. So there's a, Google brought out a game called Ingress, which was another one of those. You had to go out to areas and, and, and your team had to capture the area. And so it was getting you out and about and you could go and control areas and your team controlled more and more. And it was one of these massively multiplayer things mm-hmm. that came out in America first, then came here. and But and, never really caught the attention. That's uh, what Nintendo it, can do so well. It did, and it's, but it's not, got the, it's not got the Nintendo or Pokemon brand. And, and I guess the biggest thing, I mean, the thing that amazed me was sites like, you know, Mashable had like 40 articles all about Pokemon. It was like yeah, clearly it really can't... has caught everyone's attention, and it was clearly they're just looking at you know every news article they published. It was obviously getting lots of hits. It was like right, then, yeah. we need right to... more, more, yeah, more. Right. Yeah. Um, and I just saw somebody somebody tweeting there about New York Times. I said I've got forty reporters writing hot takes on Pokemon right now because it is just overtaking <laughs> America. Um, Do we know when it's coming to the UK in the next few days? So so controversially, it's although it's come out on iOS and Android, um, I think it's Australia and America only at the moment. Um, so it's not out in Japan, it's not out in Europe. 
Um, so yeah, so if they've got these numbers from Europe, oh sorry, America and um, New Zealand and and Australia, yep. as soon as it hits Japan, oh, it's going to go nuts. Uh, and that's the, so what they said was the reason it's been slightly delayed is because of server loads. And similarly, people in America mm. we are struggling to connect, but they've got it stabilized. And and there's now a article that says in the next few days it should come out in Europe. Um, so so I guess they kind of know the numbers to numbers of servers they need to sort of support. And I stuff, guess yeah. so. I guess. Well, okay, there you go. Well, I'm sure I'll download it. I'm sure I'll download it. So let's keep on the games front. So you put a video to Battlefield um, in in the show notes, and I, I've watched it. I've I've always had a soft spot for Battlefield. You have. Uh, just I, I can't help it. I just have always loved the whole and and so this year's Battlefield is is called Battlefield One. It's set in World War One, and the thing that got me about this wasn't. So yes, it was an ultra-wide video and it was an ultra-wide screen and the resolution was fantastic, but it just looked so atmospheric and the guy was playing it with no HUD and and yeah. it just looked so immersive. And I was like, it, oh, uh, yeah. oh, what a game It looks PC. amazing. <laughs> and I think I spoke about this before and I, I'm just jaded to the the old World Wars games that we've, you know, we've played. I just, it's, it's, it's for me, it's done. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of people that still enjoy it, but it just doesn't seem to hold the attention for me anymore but i have to say like you you it is incredible the, you know the fidelity of these things and just how how immersive they are but also it, it, it reminded me of like the the beach scenes and saving private ryan you know there's just so much happening and it looked like one of those games where you could almost stumble through it and sometimes just be like really lucky and other times just be like just death death yeah. death, death 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 i guess that was world war one you know it was just horrible um, and it looks like they've captured some of that. I mean, it just it looks so. Oh, um, and, no, did you're right. And and, and and keeping with the games, you have had your sweaty little pause on an Oculus. <laughs> I have this weekend. I've been playing Oculus lots, uh, and I did the kind of experiences. So just the kind of really quick sort of games. I played uh, the Climb, which is one of their kind of experience games where you get to climb up sort of rock climbs effectively on on mountain sides, um, but mostly. I was playing racing games, and so mostly I have been sat in a Formula One car, driving around various tracks around the world in a Seto Corsa. And I was worried that the the, the head tracking was going to mean it was impossible to tell when the car was sliding, etc. But it's not actually; it just makes you feel like you're really driving a car. And other than a couple of bits of weird motion, uh, you know, feeling of strange motion when you first jump in, and also when you're going backwards for some reason, if you spin or go reverse, that's when your brain thinks it wants to feel g-forces but when you're actually just driving around it, it it seems to be able to cope quite well um but yes it was an incredible experience with the sort of the headset and driving around and actually being there rather than just watching a screen you're actually in the game what, playing. what were you using to drive steering wheel or a controller yeah, steering wheel so right. and that's what oculus is, oculus is missing its hand controllers at the moment yeah. it's and there's no sign of exactly when they're coming out there's a lot of dissatisfaction but it's hopefully this year is all they've kind of said um and with all VR experiences now, if you don't have that interactive experience with your hands, then it feels shallow after a while. So you get very used to it and you get quite bored by it very quickly. It takes a lot to keep you interested. But with the with the handsets and in our case, the steering wheel, suddenly you're inputting directly into this world and it, it makes a lot more sense. So that's that's one thing where the Oculus is falling way behind the Vive at the moment is that lack of handsets. And, and they know that. But the actual hardware itself is is really refined may you know 
they've done a really good job um it feels like a really strong and well-made product um very comfortable to wear uh, seem to you know be easily good enough for variables on my head kind of kind of worked the only one thing that you get is you get a weird sort of glare when in high contrast situations you get a strange glare which kind of looks like the white is bleeding out around the screen and um and I, it, it just apparently it's just the way, the way they've actually gone about doing this thing but people will get used to that i'm sure as far as developers won't put high contrast at the center of the screen which is what causes it um but yes but as a as a bit of technology it's moved on a lot since i used the dk1 and it's it is a higher um you know resolution screen than the vive but it's but it's missing its handsets so later in the year when the handsets come in i think we'll then see who's going to win this battle yeah so the um the the podcast i was mentioning earlier was cortex um and it was not the latest one but the previous one and the two the two um hosts had been out at wwdc and also had a day at facebook and while they were at facebook who were on oculus they got to try oculus um and the hand controllers and yep. and both of them were just like you know they they couldn't they couldn't gush about it yeah. more than they could. And they apologised for it. They both said, look, we are going <laughs> to sound like the, the total kiss-ass, you know, fanboys. But and, and what they found was that the controllers made the difference. They were both used yeah. to, I think they'd both tried it before, but it was daft things. Like, I think one of, the, one of the guys described it as he was, he, was, um, he saw a, a sling, obviously with his headset on, and mm-hmm. just felt because he didn't really feel the controllers, he just picked up the sling and was using it. Yeah. And it was yeah. all natural. And none of them could relate what buttons they were pressing. It was all just they were just using things in the virtual world. It's but they good. found that their brain was really tricked and they did feel part of that world. And the controllers made it such a more immersive experience. And that's what and the Vive exactly, exactly, feedback exactly has been here. Yeah, it, so. it, it, that's exactly it. The Vive, it kicks it because it's got the controllers. Um, it's, it's things like even if the controllers are sat on the floor, you think, well, how am I going to find them? Well, because in when you wear the headset, you can see them. <laughs> you see, you see the controllers on the floor, and they're exactly where they are. The the thing that will that will make the Oculus win when they've got their controllers out, and if they haven't lost too much ground to the Vive, is the portability of the Oculus. So, the Oculus can be set up anywhere where your PC is, um, whereas the Vive, with the sensors that you have to install in your room that means it's fixed you've got to have a fixed location you want to go and do vr and for example the situation like this weekend where paul brought his oculus down to my house that couldn't happen with the vive yeah because you could never set it up so in in most people's real life situation the vive is going to end up being a little bit more like the the connect which is you literally have to set things up around it and the chances are then it's not going to get used as much um, because you have to have this ideal situation whereas the oculus can remain portable can mean that so in the room that i'm in now which is too small to do a vive kind of situation i could still wear the oculus and do my racing games yeah no agreed and and certainly even in a work environment you're thinking vive is fine because it's cause generally you'll be able to set it up in a, in a in a space and you go in and use it um but but again the oculus and even these I, you must have seen them there's been two or three manufacturers that have now come out with pc backpacks um, so it's like a beat. Oh, I've not seen that. No. Oh, have you not? <laughs> so, um, so a couple of gaming ones, but even HP have got one, and it's basically like a portable PC. Um, okay, and it's, so and you it's, can and it's, take it with you. Yep, it's got loads of power, so loads of batteries. It's obviously got the grunt to drive it, got fans on it, but it's a backpack, and you can plug your Oculus in, so you're in there, you can move around, and it's like, a, wow, I didn't didn't see that coming, but clearly people did. 
the the tracking of the Oculus also really really it was absolutely nailed and there was never an issue with it and it's only one little camera that you have to have that just points and it does the whole thing so uh, that was another sort of worry is that is that one little camera going to be sufficient and the Vive actually when I was at a friend's house what using the Vive that that got interfered with by strong light coming into the room so uh, uh, light streaming through the window caused the, a little bit of interruption and as soon as that interruption happens it ruins the illusion mm. it's broken yeah. Um, so anyway, yes. So uh, the Oculus could win this if it comes out with the controllers soon and it doesn't lose too much ground, uh, and you know, uh, and they haven't caused too much bad feeling in the community, which I think they're being they're quite renowned for <laughs> having caused that bad feeling at the moment. So, mm. uh, and then it's going to be based on who who has the games, who has the software, and ultimately who has the porn. I think. <laughs> I, I, we, we, we've been told that many times before that's what won the video battles and that's what wins the internet battles and that's what wins all these things uh, I, I don't want you to ask anymore <laughs> that's, no that <laughs> I have not partaken yet <laughs> uh, that is the end of our podcast on that on that note <laughs> I'm just thinking uh, shared, shared experiences and shared devices that's all I'll say <laughs> <laughs> lovely yeah um digitaloutbox.com for more of this nonsense if you want to find out more about who we are and what we do uh, you can talk to us info at digitaloutbox.com is our email address and we're on twitter as digitaloutbox i'm also on twitter as cheesy uk and my academy racer.co.uk blog is where i talk about all my racing i am racing this weekend at snetterton which will be fun where about you where can we find you ian our blog is indie.net and twitter is Shreepa. lovely uh, thanks very much for listening, and we will talk to you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.